You are listening to Create an Unstoppable Life, episode number 75, Recognizing Fear. Create an Unstoppable Life is for people who want to get out of their own way and build a life of personal and professional fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a lover of learning, a life and mindset coach, and a family medicine doctor. And I am so glad you're here. I'm thrilled you're here. Seriously. Here's what we do in about 20 minutes. We talk about how our mind works. The mind of high achievers, people who want more in life, the mind of people who give selflessly, many times at our own expense. We talk about the language, the language that spins around in our head, the language we use with others, and the stuff we do or we don't do, and why and how and shifting from that. We talk about emotion, like giving it a name, seeing how it drives what we do, what we avoid, and then about our energy, why we lose it, how, where, all those things that seem so important in the moment, ultimately that aren't. And then we talk about better, what better looks like, what it feels like, how to think differently to achieve better, and dreaming remember that as a kid, dreaming of what life could be like? It's not just for kids. We cover moving past scarcity, moving away from not enough and moving into abundance, and then surrounding ourselves with people who are doing the same, breaking free from the status quo, breaking free from normal, because we're not normal and we don't want to subscribe to it ever again. So we talk about all the stuff that matters, like callings and love and experiencing the depth of love and freedom. And how about living and giving or giving and living, doing both at an extraordinary level. And here's what results, healing, health, compassion, connection, thriving. Dream with me for a moment. What would you love to have, give, share right now? Like what amount of time, what amount of money, or both? Where would you put it? Who would you give it to? What could it create? And how would it feel? Like really lean into that feeling of just giving away whatever it is. Does it feel amazing, fulfilling, joyous? Is it beyond words? Are you ready to play for a moment? What if you multiplied it by 10? So whatever you initially thought was going to be amazing, multiply it by 10. What does that look like? What does it feel like? 10 times whatever a moment ago was amazing or whatever emotion you labeled, what does 10 times that feel like? Who could you help? What could you build? What's going to pass on for two, three, four generations? That's the other part of this podcast, to disrupt your thinking, like positively disrupt it. And maybe at times disrupting in a challenging way that's going to catch you off guard and frustrate you until you figure it out. That's where insight and breakthroughs are created. My friends, that's a long introduction and way to say, if this is what you're looking for, If there's a small voice inside that says you were made for more, you know there's more, 
you want to create more in life, then this is exactly the podcast for you. And I'm so glad you're here. All right, moving on. Today's topic, recognizing fear. Do you notice how much fear speaks first to us or through us or at us? Ask somebody, where do you want to eat? Not there. What do you think I should wear? Not that. Where are you going for college? Oh, I don't think I'm going to be accepted. It can be a brain default some of the time. Ask what we want. We immediately identify what we don't want. We respond with what we don't think we can have or achieve. Sometimes we respond with how we're going to lose or we point out how somebody else is going to lose. Hey, I'm going to resign from the clinic. What are you going to do for benefits? How are you going to take care of your family? Well, what about... Mm Mm-hmm, that's fear. In one of Tony Robbins' programs, he talks about driving a race car, and there's an instructor and a button that can be pushed to cause the car to spin out of control. The instructor teaches the points or the fundamentals of getting out of that spin, getting to safety, and goes through it a few times, and then, when it's not expected, pushes the button. The natural instinct is to focus on where we don't want to go, focus on the wall. The car is spinning out of control, focus on the wall that we're going to hit rather than the open roadway. The lesson, we have to train our brain to look at where we want to go rather than where we don't want to go. Because looking at the wall means you hit the wall every time. Fear first, boy, it's compelling to listen to. We make up stories about it, which keeps it around. Fear of making a decision, not having an answer, being found out, being rejected. Yeah, it all lives within us. Each of us are different in how much space that fear takes up in our mind and whether or not it's trying to grow or just hold on to its current space, but it's there. Especially for people growing their lives. So let's talk about five ways to recognize it. That's the starting point, right? Recognizing it, identifying where it exists, and then start to label it. That's all you need. Identify it, label it. From there, other things may happen. We are only looking at getting started. First, the caveat. Some fear is good. It's essential. It keeps us alive. Keep that. But the other stuff, the other fear, it steals our power. It lures us into this false sense that we're unsafe and we have to hold back or play smaller or do something else. We got to get back to safety. That's the fear we're talking about. That irrational have to act right now. Here are five opportunities to find fear in your everyday. The first, busyness. Mm -hmm. Those times when the house has to be tidied up, the laundry has to get done, the desk needs to be cleaned, or some other busy work. It might be a restlessness, an anxious feeling, some nervous energy, or maybe you just call it a discomfort. The key is to label those times and label the energy for you. Because this is intentional distraction. Like we are looking for something to occupy both our mind and our hands. And we want to shift the energy. We want to shift or get rid of or discharge some of that nervous energy or that restless energy. And we've learned how to do it through the years. We've learned how to lessen the emotion by getting busy or staying busy. So let's give it a name. What is it? 
Is it avoidance? Is it distraction? For me, when I notice I'm doing it, I I realize, oh, I'm in distraction mode. And then labeling it, that's what leads to the next question. Ah, where's this coming from? Everything we do is based on how we feel or how we want to feel. So maybe you're staying busy because you want a house that's in order. What happens if it's not? How are you going to feel? And is it possible you're working to avoid feeling that way? Maybe you want a desk that's organized, but what if it's not? Or maybe it's because something's not right or not good enough or fear has creeped in. Recognize during the times of busyness that there's an underlying emotion that's fueling it and give it a name. And then ask yourself, where's fear playing a role here? It allows you to shift into curiosity on why it's coming up. Opportunity number two. The time that your head lays down on the pillow until you fall asleep. What happens then? Like where do your thoughts go? Does your mind become active? Does it spin around? Does it come up with things like, it shouldn't be this way? I'm better than this. I have so much to do. Is there a critic in there pointing out everything that went wrong during the day, everything that's incomplete, or playing Monday morning quarterback? Our minds are funny, aren't they? Where they can focus, how they can focus, and how they can spin around. Sometimes our mind just wants to recap everything we don't have, things that are undone, we don't have it figured out, what we didn't achieve, likes to focus there. For many people, the only quiet part of the day is that time that they lay down before they fall asleep. And it can be frustrating. Like the body's tired and the mind is active. So if this happens for you, what are the emotions that come up? Start there. Give them names. And then ask yourself, how is fear playing a role here? And you can shift to curiosity. Hmm, I wonder why. Let me think about it. It may be incredibly uncomfortable to explore this. That's expected, especially when the pattern has been avoidance. What we're doing today is we're looking for little tiny steps to figure this out. One little tiny step to consider is just identifying how you feel and naming it. A little tiny step after that, how is fear playing a role? A little tiny step after that, oh, I wonder why. Hmm. An active mind at bedtime, what can you learn? How is fear obviously or subtly occupying space and time? You ready for another one? Number three, when good things happen to or for others, what comes up for you? Like honestly, where does your mind go? Where does it go immediately? And then later in the day, a few days later, where does it go? Do you think about what you don't have? What you can't have? How you're limited? How things don't or won't happen for you? Fear likes to wrap itself around scarcity. And sometimes when good things happen outside of us, it can feel like there's less available to us. And many of us, we respond to that primitive brain, the fear, the doubt, the uncertainty, the scarcity, that all speaks a lot louder than our higher level of thinking. 
So notice your mind. Label that feeling. Ask how fear is playing a role. And then connect it to what you're thinking. The same steps, the little tiny steps to help you explore what's going on. Opportunity number four. Those times when you ask yourself, why did I do that? It may be later the same day, it may be the next day, it may be the next week, it doesn't matter. Why did I spend time in a way that's unfulfilling? Why did I do that? Why did I work too much? Why did I overeat? Why did I overdrink? Why did I overspend? Why did I make that commitment and then not follow through? Is it possible that fear is playing a role? Fear of being seen as different? as someone who's too good to be around their friends, fear of being excluded or not accepted, or how about these, being labeled or judged? How about those deep-seated fears that most of us have, the fear of not being good enough, the fear of not being worthy of love? Those are the big two that Tony Robbins talks about. Do you ever notice how it's easier to hold on to what we have even knowing that it's not what our heart longs for. But that fear, that fear of losing or that fear of being alone, boy, it makes whatever we have seem better. Is it possible that those behaviors, those things that we did or we didn't do, are to avoid fear or push it away, at least temporarily, or react to it? The same steps apply here. Feel what you feel. Label it. Ask how fear is playing a role. And then connect it with what's going on in your mind. Opportunity number five. Your to-do list. What's on that list? What might be prompted by fear? Is it afraid of being seen as someone who doesn't pull their own weight? Or who's selfish or bossy? Afraid of being seen as someone who has no bedside manner or who isn't committed? Or how about someone whose life is a mess or family's a mess or marriage is a mess? Is there anything on your to-do list that maybe is a supposed to? You're supposed to be. You're supposed to do. You're supposed to have. Usually things that you don't want. Is there anything on the list that's meant to influence how others see you, saying yes to an invitation, offering to help, taking on extra work, those things that deep down inside you may not want to do or may cause you to miss out on what's important to you. Our to-do lists are really created from a place of belief, belief that it has to be done, it has to be us, that it's important or it's urgent. Label the emotion as it comes up, as you look at each one. And just for fun, label the emotion that comes up if you don't do it. Because that's really important and really telling. Some of the things that we do, it's because we don't want to feel a certain way. Notice that. And then the next step, how is fear playing a role? You can start to see how you tie in what you do with how you feel, with what you think. It's all connected. Here's a bonus one, number six. 
those areas that are off limits, either with yourself or with others. You know, those areas like what you really think, what you're really struggling with, what you really have or don't have that others may not know, that stuff that's walled off, that stuff that feels like it can never be shared, it's too heavy, it's too deep, it's too vulnerable, it's too raw. How about those relationships that are uncomfortable? The important relationships, maybe with a close friend or a spouse or a child or your relatives. Where's fear playing a role? How is it influencing that discomfort? Is it fear of what went wrong? What they think? That they don't care? Is it fear that's standing in between you and that person? Might be. Where can you not allow yourself to go? Where do you say, I can't think about that right now? Is it about a want, a dream, something for your life? Is it about how you spend money, time? Is it about a relationship? Of course, not everything we experience is fear. There's hundreds of emotions that we can feel. Our goal is to start to sort through and see what might be what is, what isn't. Did you ever have a bag of marbles when you were a kid? And some marbles were one color, some were two or three or four colors, and some were just a whole mix. That's kind of what we're doing here. We're seeing what's fear, what might be wrapped up with some fear elements, what's not. All of that is really important. That is sorting through what's going on in your mind. We're moving from acceptance of what we think and how we think because we've accepted a lot of things as fact and moved on. We've stopped thinking about them, but we still, we still tailor our lives to them. We're shifting or moving away to becoming curious from that's just how I feel. Do you ever say that to yourself or hear others say that? That's just how I feel. We're moving to what am I feeling and inviting in curiosity. Why am I feeling this way? We're working to ask better questions like, how's fear playing a role here? Is it clouding the picture? Is it working to keep me safe, keep me in the same patterns or habits? It's all about learning the language of your brain, the language that is currently being spoken. That's what adds depth and richness and clarity when you understand what's happening for you, how you've interpreted the world, you can start to see it as optional. And you can start to decide what stays, what goes. Yes, it can be overwhelming. <laughs> Yesterday at Chick-fil-A, there were tears flowing down my face and Craig supportively and kindly and patiently listened. It was fear. Change is happening. It's disrupting the status quo in my brain. It feels unsafe. It was tempting to want to go back to the familiar, to believe that the familiar was the best way. But that's not where I need to go. That's just fear. This is exactly where I need to be, feeling it, labeling it, connecting it with what's going on in my mind, and then deciding. Asking yourself questions, it'll allow you to take a step back. 
instead of being wrapped up with what's going on in your mind, taking a step back to think about the thinking. You can use some calming questions. Hmm, I wonder what's going on. Oh, I wonder where this is coming from. Hmm. And you can invite in curiosity. There's something about just naming something that helps us to release our grip on it, giving it a name. When somebody goes to the emergency room and say they have a collection of symptoms such as nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, anything can be going on. But when the diagnosis is made, there's something that's so refreshing about that. Like, okay, we know what it is, and now we can do something about it. So naming allows us to make connections, to connect our behavior, such as avoidant behavior or busyness, connecting overindulging behaviors, like in work, food, alcohol, spending. It helps us to see why we can't sleep. Or maybe why we aren't joyous right away for someone that we care about who's winning in life. It helps us see where we might be people-pleasing to control how others think about us. Or where we're hiding from ourselves and others. And this is all great information. Feeling it, naming it gives you freedom. Freedom to explore. When you attach how you feel with what you think... You can see how you've been coping with it. You can step away from reacting and tolerating to deciding what you want to do at that point. It's amazing what will open up for you from there. Whatever you feel, it's a clue, an opportunity to build more of or to deconstruct. And that's what creates an unstoppable life. So much love for you. High five. See you next time. Ciao. Are you ready to create an unstoppable life? To start dreaming again and working towards it? I'd love to talk with you. Sign up for a discovery call at georgemdcoaching.com. You can find it on the work with me page.